Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Are you looking for that one-of-a-kind Christmas or birthday gift? If so, head on over to greatdaysoutdoors.com com and check out the best gifts for outdoorsmen for 2021. We've curated a bunch of unique ideas to help you find an awesome gift for the outdoorsmen on your list. Just head on over to greatdaysoutdoors.com slash best fishing gifts for outdoorsmen and check it out. And brought to you by Mustad Fishing. One in four hooks in the world is made by Mustad Fishing. See why they're the best-selling hook brand in the world and enjoy 25% off your next order at mustad-fishing.com by using code GREATDAYS at checkout. And brought to you by BoatersList.com. Boaters List is your new reliable and fast resource designed to link everyone to everything on the water. If you own or run a boat, you know how difficult it can be to find the right company for the task at hand. Boaters List makes it easy to find the service you're looking for. Locate anything from fuel docks to service repairs or rentals of large yachts or even paddle boats and all things in between at BoatersList.com. They will always strive to make it better on the water. What's up, guys? I'm your host, Brian Sin. Thank you for joining us today on the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report. Man, it feels, I mean, hey, nothing like uh, nothing like March and December, right? I mean, out there yesterday in short pants, T-shirt, 72 degrees. Of course, this weekend, that'll all change again. Crazy time for the weather this time of year. I mean, man, prayers go out to... People in Kentucky and Arkansas that was, um, you know, those towns were just devastated last week. And uh, actually, I think I talked to y'all here the week before, two weeks before, uh, about me and my son going up to Kentucky, hunting with a friend of mine, a dear friend of mine, that, uh, and we, we were able to have an incredible trip and, and kill two really good bucks with our bows. And the town we stayed in and hunted outside of was actually Mayfield that got destroyed. So keep those guys in your prayers. My buddy's family's okay. They they lived about two miles out of town. So they watched the, through the lightning. They watched the tornado roll through there and to destroy everything. But uh, they are safe and so thankful that so many of them up there are safe. I mean, good gracious, could you imagine that thing would have rolled through 30 years ago before uh, people had time to prepare and all the, the information they have now uh, to, to let us know that these storms are coming. So prayers for those guys. It's going to be a tough Christmas for a lot of them for sure. But hey, let's stay on. The, I know this is a fishing show, but but we, I just kind of went off on a tangent there on the hunting. Let's stay on it. We got a awesome awesome show that i want to share with you guys today from our buddy and the host of of the alabama saltwater fishing report and north florida fishing report joe baia joe also does a hunting and land podcast and man they've got a great episode on duck hunting and hey it's the time of year for that right guys so without further ado let's let's join joe for this special report we're gonna talk a little duck hunt today Enjoy the show, guys. I'm your host, Joe Baia, here again with Butch Theory this week. Butch, last week we talked about decoy spreads, and I learned a lot from that show 
as it relates to what you need to be thinking about and really trying to think like a duck as opposed to thinking like a hunter. I know I'm, I'm guilty of that. One of my well, you favorite, got a, you got a bird brain, so. Well, for sure. But, uh, you know, one of the analogies I used a lot in that show was taking things back to what I have the most experience with, and that's turkeys. And today we're going to be talking all about duck calling. And I'm probably going to take that analogy back there as well, because duck calling is one of those things that I do it and I've done it, but I'm still not super confident in what I'm saying to those birds. And I'm also not super confident in what I need to be saying to those birds, how, how to paint that picture with my calling the way I am with turkeys, where I, you know, pretty well know what he needs to hear, when he needs to hear it, that kind of thing. So to really dive deep on duck calls today, we're talking with Kenley Salachik with Hammer Calls out of no, Pierce, Nebraska. Kenley, welcome to Huntland, man. Tell us about, uh, about Hammer Calls and, and about Pierce, Nebraska. What's y'all's uh, flyway there? Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for uh, having given us the opportunity. I mean, this is something uh, we've been looking forward to now for a couple of weeks. So again, thank you for uh, having us on. Pierce, Nebraska is a very, very small little town, about 1,800 people. So Nebraska is pretty famous for Missouri River, Platte River, uh, and the a lot of the pothole stuff out in the sand hills. So kind of where we're up at, we really get a lot of geese here. Geese naturally have kind of adapted to the I don't, I'd say rural settings, but for ducks, a lot of times to get any into some good duck hunting, we generally go up to uh, the Missouri River, uh, no Verdigree, Niobrara, Santee area. Um, and then we generally travel out west, you know, a little bit in the sand hills. It's not too far, about an hour to west. You can really start getting into some good, a lot of uh, some really good duck hunting out there. So uh, Platte River, again, again, straight south of us, about another hour. So we're kind of in a little bit of no man's land with duck hunting. Geese hunt for, for geese, though, we, the majority of what we kill here, just in our, in our, in our local, you know, 20 mile square area is, is geese. We get into a little bit of ducks, but we travel for ducks most of the time. So. Well, Kenley, what about a hammer calls and what, what is y'all's focus? Hammer calls, uh, we really run two main things. Uh, it's mallard duck and Canadian goose calls is what we run. Obviously for us, that's the majority of uh, what we see here. And uh, obviously for the majority of most hunters, that's kind of where the bread and butter is for a lot of people. We've really tried to, you know, we've had the opportunities to look at, you know, wood duck calls, whistles, spec calls, uh, you know, all kinds of different types, but we really one for us to be, uh, we've always felt like to be the best at what we can produce. We want to be able to, you know, have the birds that we are calling to be able to produce a product that, that we know it can perform in the field. Right. So for us to be like, Hey, we're just going to make a spec call just because we, we want to make some money on it, but we don't, we, we might see five specs throughout the entire season. Right. And for us, we just never felt comfortable saying, Hey, we're going to put out a product that we know is just completely 100% solid because we don't have the birds to test it against. So we really have focused on uh, those two sets of calls and we've been successful with that. And uh, we've been really, really happy with that. Well, good on you for that. Because I mean, one of the things the butch and I talk about all the time is how much variance there is in very small geographic differences. So like, you know, when it comes to fishing, when it comes to even, you know, hunting like whitetails and turkeys, I mean, these animals act so much differently. Uh, 15 or 20 or 30 miles can be a huge difference. I mean, and you know, so what you guys are really focused on is, is what you know. And here's something I know when it comes to turkeys, which is where I'm feel like I'm the best at calling 
of all the animals I try to call. I wouldn't say I'm good, but uh, I'm, I'm good enough to, to kill some birds here and there. My experience has been that I can kill the majority of the birds I kill with just a few actual calls. And I don't mean the physical call. I mean the sound itself. Now, there has been times where I have definitely killed a bird by gobbling at it, or I've killed a bird by doing a kiki run, you know, and calling the flock back together. And there's certain scenarios where all that's worked for me, but the vast majority of the time I can get it done with yelps, clucks, and purrs. And, and really, I could take that to just yelps and clucks and scratching in the leaves. So when it comes to ducks, what do you feel like the 20% of sounds are that people need to really master. Like you talk about mastering these certain calls to get the job done 80% of the time. With anybody new that we help with one, that's kind of nice with a smaller call company. Uh, we spend a lot of time with people, uh, you know, people from all over working on this kind of exact thing. You know, when they getting the call, uh, calling ducks for the first time, a lot of people get uh, really uh, nervous or kind of, you know, like, man, I, I hear these people on, uh, YouTube and, um, you know, uh, on other sh hunting shows and they're just hammering on this call. Right. I mean, they're just hundred miles an hour feet chuckling, you know, and just rolling through it. And people are like, man, and it kind of deters them a little bit because they're like, man, I, I can't call that. Well, you know, am I going to be intimidating? It is especially when I, you're in a blind with some experienced hunters. Exactly. And kind of a two parts of that is we'll get to the being, being in the blind with some other hunters first, but I'll kind of uh, to, to your point is the 20% of the sounds is the two main ones is that yes, a good quack is the first thing you'll ever learn. And most people get hung up on that is where they, they think, well, you know, obviously you, you know, for quacks, right. And, and people are like, okay, well, yeah, quack move on. Well, the, the part that people don't get is that the quack is the base, like the base layer of everything before you can do all these other calls. It's all about the quack. And that's where uh, we teach a lot of people is um, especially with technique when you're doing it is you basically you, the tip of your tongue needs to be behind the, the bottom of your teeth. Right. And what that does is then that creates a, um, and you, you're basically cutting the note off with the, the fat part of your tongue hitting the top of your roof. So you have a little cavity in your mouth um, that you're pressurizing basically. And as you're running this, that fatty part of your tongue is what's actually cutting the note off when it's hitting the top of your, uh, the roof of your mouth. Right. So as you're quacking, it's, it's quack, 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 and you're cutting that note off over and over. And one, there's two things that helps with that. One of them is actually what a lot of people don't know is sticking call. If you, you know, if you're running a call a lot, uh, if it's one, not properly tuned or one, you're, you're spitting a lot into the call, you can actually stick the reed. So what that does is when you lock your tongue behind your teeth, you know, if you guys have ever, you know, spit, right. You, your tongue comes up and you spit, right. So that's what happens when you're spitting into a call. So that really, really helps cut that down. And two, that kind of enables a few other calls down the road, you know, different types of calls when you're running that uh, goose calls the same way. Uh, a lot of people who run a flute kind of get stuck uh, in a flute. They, a lot of times had to flick their tongue to get these, the, the longer flutes to roll over. Well, with the short read, you don't have to do that same, same technique. Uh, we teach a lot of people is getting that tongue locked behind your teeth. And, and practicing that and rolling that, that with, with the air coming over your tongue and cutting the note off with that fat part of your, the fatty part of your tongue. So, um, obviously, yeah, quack is a big one. Um, cause a, a comeback call, uh, your Cajun squeal, all of these other ones that you guys, they hear, you know, on these videos, uh, all stems from a quack. Uh, and the other one that obviously people get really hung up on is a feeder chuckle. You know, they have this, people hear this rapid fire, you know, that, that really, and that intimidates a lot of people as well, where, they're like, man, how did they get that sound out of the call? Right. 
Um, but what most people don't understand is that um, that feeder chuckle uh, that they're, that they're replicating at a rapid, so rapidly is, you know, if there's a couple hundred mallards, you know, all in the ground and they're going in the cornfields. And if you listen to them, that's what they sound like all these calls, right? Uh, what people get kind of hung up on is that if you have a spread out of 20 duck decoys, they don't sound like that. It's, it's, right. it's much slower, right? If you listen to a single hen mallard pecking around, it's tick, 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 mm-hmm. tick, tick, tick. It's very, very slow and meticulous, but obviously when you get, you know, hundreds of them, it sounds much more like that. So that kind of comes back to replicating of what you're spread. What are you trying to, what are you trying to present in your decoys uh, to the birds? And you kind of want your calls to rep your, your calling to replicate what you're doing. Right. So that's probably the two biggest ones. I tell most people just to walk before you can run. Right. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. playing a guitar. Uh, that's what most people don't get is a duck call or a goose call. It's just like an instrument, right? You don't just all of a sudden, grab a, a saxophone and just start wailing the jazz right out of it. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean, right. It's just, there's, there's a, there's a process to it. And that's what we kind of tell people is, you know, slow yourself down, get the base, get your base calls. Right. And uh, then that'll elevate you to practice, to get proper technique will get you to that point where you can hear those guys on the, on uh, you know, the TV and, and YouTube stuff. So, you know, it's funny to hear you say that about, about the quack and that one of the problems with calls is that sticking, Mm-hmm. I've definitely experienced that myself where just saliva build up and then all of a sudden it doesn't sound right. You know, and I had to take the call apart, take all the reeds apart, dry everything off, you know, and if it was cold, sometimes you get stuff frozen up and, yeah. uh, and you got to kind of get it all back, put it all back together. And then and it sounds right for a while again. So thinking about that, what are the parts of a duck call? How do those things affect any individual's calling? Yeah. So the biggest thing is, is, uh, you know, when it comes to um, a duck calls, one is material, right? I mean, we, the, I would say our three main things that we make duck calls out of is uh, cast acrylic. So a hybrid is, is a combination of, of a burrow wood. A lot of them it's cut off and it's poured into a blank with, with acrylic. Um, and then the third then is just straight wood. So you have like uh, coca bola, you know, a lot of people are familiar with coca bola or hedge or African blackwood. Um, those are probably the three main ones. If you've shopped around for a wood call, that's what you'll probably see most of the time. The main thing is the difference with those three is that wood will give you a little more of a, of a softer tone, um, obviously, because you got to think the vibrations and the sound coming out of the call. Uh, wood wood is just a little bit softer than acrylic is, right? So that sure. the call will absorb a little bit of the sound, you know, and, and kind of take the sharpness off it. Whereas acrylic is, um, you know, much a much harder material. Uh, but you kind of have a trade-off is, you know, when you're running a wood call, uh, if the, if the wood's not stabilized, like in a hybrid, you do have, you have moisture, right? So that wood will absorb a little bit of that moisture and, you know, you can have a little bit of sticking on wood calls um, and obviously a little bit of, of maintenance of, we run our wood calls with, um, it's a butchered block oil. Uh, it's the only FDA approved food grade oil. Um, a lot of people like to soak them in like teak oil and a different things, but uh, teak oil is actually car- carcinogenic. So we don't obviously want to have that people, you know, you put that up to your mouth. So we wanted right. to, for us, we were like, Hey, let's find a wood, let's find an oil that we, uh, and obviously butcher block oil is, as a, uh, uh, it's the only one that we found that is FDA approved for food grade oil. So that's what we run on ours. So back to, obviously that's for material wise. Some of the other things that we really uh, you'll find is obviously on your reeds is a single or double reed on a duck call. And a lot of that is, is there's kind of a two things, kind of a stigma is like, you know, new people, you know, generally run uh, newer callers have double reads, which 
for the most part, I mean, a bit, you know, 70% of the new people coming in will run that do want to run a double read mainly because they're a little more user-friendly. Um, they have a little more rasp built into the call. Uh, they don't take quite as much effort to get the, some of the sounds out of them. But then inversely is that when you put two reads in it, as they're, you know, as the reads are vibrating with two reads, the bottom read doesn't have quite as much room to run. So you lose a little bit of range uh, some with, with, with a double. So a lot of times uh, more experienced people will run a single. Um, they can control uh, the sounds a little bit better and still get, uh, still get the rasp out of it. But yeah, um, you know, but again, inversely, I, there's people that uh, have been calling for 10, 20 years and, and run, run exclusively a double read. And there's some people that we run, we will start them off on a single read. We try to start people on a single read mainly because, you know, it's like, if you're going to eventually get to there, start practicing with it. You know, it's like, it's like saying, Hey, you want to play a saxophone, but then you're going to play a different type of instrument when you get better. Right. It's like, let's practice, let's try and practice on the instrument that if you want to get to be running a single read, let's start practicing on a single read and, and get them going. So, I mean, there's a lot of things we can run. Uh, bore size is a big thing too. We have a bigger bore for more sound. Well, I want to take for- you back to materials for a second. You know, you were saying, you were saying that wood is, is typically softer, absorbs a little bit more vibration. Does that mean it's not as loud? Yeah, generally, generally it's not as loud, but some of the harder woods that we run, like African blackwood is the hardest wood on the, I think it's Jenkins, I think is the scale, they, they measure wood hardness and it's, it's loud. I mean, if it, on the wood scale, it is very loud or almost as close to it as an acrylic. And then you can come down the scale a little bit more to like cocoa bowl is a little softer and hedge is a little softer than that. So a hedge, a hedge call with a small bore is going to be very, very quiet. So a lot of guys that we see run that kind of thing is where, or that kind of configuration is like in the timber, right? So the big thing in the timber is that they don't want the echo, right? You don't want a super loud call where this echo is just, just so deafening, especially in the, in the timber that, that sound bounces around. So uh, they like to, they like to run a smaller bore on that to kind of keep the, keep the echo down. Whereas inversely people who are hunting open water, the river, you know, big lakes, you know, those ducks are a long, long ways away a lot of times. And then you need this, you need the extra sound to reach out and, and really, and call at them. You know, if they're, especially on those windy days, you know, you're really trying to get after call and get after those ducks, but that doesn't mean you can't run. I, I think that's, these are all kind of guidelines. They're not like, Hey, these are the rules and you can't, you have to follow them kind of a thing. I mean, we run, <laughs> we hunt both, you know, in smaller pond areas and big open water. Uh, I have a wood call on mine. I have a hybrid and, you know, it's like, it's just kind of like general guidelines and it's really comes down to what people are after as well. And it doesn't mean, you know, with enough control like this, we got, this is a full acrylic call we got here. You can, when you get a good proficient enough, you can cut the sound down by just putting a little less air into the call and you can quiet that call way down to finish birds, just like you had, if you had a wood call, but it really comes down to trying to fit the call into the skill level of, of the, the person to kind of start and the situation they want to be in. Uh, and kind of what they're after. So I'm glad you brought really up kinda... fitment because one of the things that when I first started calling turkeys with a mouth call, I got so frustrated, man. I mean, you know, I was going to the store, bought, bought a couple mouth calls, put them in, just sounded God awful. I mean, just embarrassed, you know, didn't want anybody to hear me calling. And, and uh, finally I had a buddy, you know, and I said, man, how does this sound? He'd that sounds terrible. You know I mean? He's just like, <laughs> he told me, he's like, you sound awful. He's like, let me see that call. And he, he looked at it and he could, he could see that it was too big for my palate. And he, he took out a pair of scissors and trimmed it down a little bit and said, here, try it now. And I mean, it was like, 
I had the movements down. I knew what I was, where I was supposed to be forcing air and how I was supposed to be making the calls, but the call was just fit. It just fit wrong for me. And and that was a big aha moment for me with, with mouth calls is like, you got to find the one, if you're not, you know, going to trim one down and make it fit, you got to find the one that, that does fit you right. Is it, is it at all that way with, with duck calls? I mean, is fitment important? Yeah, absolutely. It's funny you mentioned that because that's exactly how I first started turkey calling with a mouth call. I had a too large a one and I'm just like chalking on this thing. And I'm like, I cannot get this thing. And my buddy's like, let me see it. And yeah, same thing, scissored it down. And it was like lights turned on. I was like, God, that's all it was like, just so frustrating. But again, experience helps, you know, and, and help with somebody who knows. And uh, that's kind of, again, kind of coming into what's nice with a smaller call company like ourselves. You know, we sit down and we spend the time trying to figure that out. Whereas, you know, if you just walk into a store, sometimes you just, you know, you look at the shelf and you're just trying to, Hey, what looks good. Right. I mean, I like that color. Yeah. Pretty package. (laughs) I like, yeah, I like the color, but I have no idea what this call actually is supposed to, you know, for, is it for me? Is it, you know, is it for someone who's, you know, again, they really don't, they don't really like you slobbering on the calls in the middle of the store. Yeah. Right. (laughs) They, so, um, yeah, so what we run is that's kind of, um, also, so what we have on ours is we have three, three duck calls that we run as a checkmate, a Dr. Jekyll and a, and a Mr. Hyde. Our checkmate is right in the middle of, uh, that's kind of our sweet spot. If you were on a sliding scale and that's where we generally put a lot of people in for beginning and experience alike, because, um, what that is, is what we call a parallel jig. So if you look at the, the way the, um, the tone board and the reed sit to each other, they're parallel. So it's more of a flat jig. Um, what that does is that it's much easier to run very light blowing. It's easy for people to, to, to get used to running that type of a reed. And why that makes a big difference is that it's kind of hard to explain if you, without, like, obviously you can't see it, but it just gives room for that read to run. And it's not, whereas like in, in our Dr. Jekyll, it's what's called an upslope. So the, the tone board actually has a ramp up and the read is ramped up from the tone board. Uh, it gives you a lot of range, but it's not nearly a little more air to run. Right. Um, and that's, but it also helps build in a little bit of rasp into the call for some people. Uh, we call that our raspy timber. And then like Mr. Hyde is kind of a niche, but kind of built out of the, uh, it's what we call a, a, a cut down. And a cut down is a much longer tone board with a really heavy read. And if those we really don't sell into anybody unless they are specifically asking for, hey, are you, do you guys have a cut down? We call that more of a, an experience. We would never throw, if somebody's coming into calling, uh, you know, getting into duck hunting and wanting to learn how to call, we would never throw them in a, in a Mr. Hyde right out of the gate because you have to have a set of lungs to run them because that's a, it's a much longer uh, read and a much heavier read, but you get this really raspy, heavy, heavy duck sound, uh, that got really, really popular with like the PS Olts. If you guys have ever heard those, uh, they run them down in, um, Arkansas and the timber. And it, it kind of has a unique sound in the timber. If you, a lot of people that would don't realize too, is that you want to hear what a, a call sounds like. Obviously most people just call on it, you know, as you're sitting there, it's actually really interesting. If you call and have your buddy record you a hundred yards away and listen mm. to what that call sounds like that'll give you, and that's really what you start seeing the differences of those types of, those types of tone boards. So yeah, for us personally, uh, checkmate has been our bread and butter for, like I said, for about 85% of the calls that we sell is in the checkmate. Uh, we specialize a little bit in the Dr. Jekyll and then really specialize with Mr. Hyde, but that kind of gives us the whole range of what people are after in the market. Right. 
Yeah, man, I'm I'm really enjoying learning more about like the actual construction, how that affects calling. We're going to take a quick break, uh, but when we come back, we're going to be talking some more about uh, Doug calls. I want to ask you some some beginner questions, and also want to learn a little bit more about really what goes into a custom call. So y'all take a minute uh, to hear from our sponsors. One in four hooks in the world is made by Mustad Fishing. See why they're the best-selling hook brand in the world and enjoy 25% off your next order at mustad-fishing.com by using code GREATDAYS at checkout. And brought to you by fishingchaos.com. Mobile Bay Kayak Fishing Association is hosting a free December fish out sponsored in part by Hummingbird. Fishing boundaries are from Navarra Beach Causeway to the east and to the west boundary is the Mississippi River. One lucky winner will win a Helix 9 fish finder valued at over $1,500. There is an undisclosed mystery length. The angler who catches the first buckle trout matching our closest to the mystery length wins the Hummingbird Helix 9 fish finder. There are also prizes for first, second, and third place determined by aggregate lengths of three speckled trout. Big fish prizes will also be awarded on a weekly basis. Fishing hosts last from 12-4-2021 to 12-31-2021. The mystery length will be revealed when the tournament closes. To register, simply download Fishing Chaos app or go to www.fishingchaos.com and register for a free Fishing Chaos user account. Then go to the club tab on the left side of the menu. Find the MBKFA club, join the club. There's a free membership option. After joining the club, go to the tournaments at the bottom of the club page and register for the December fish off. All right, guys, we're back. And today talking with Kenley Salachik of Hammer Calls. Kenley, before we went to the break, you were really diving deep into a lot of the different components of duck calls. And, you know, what I learned from you there was that you've got three different materials, wood, acrylic, and then a hybrid of the two. Uh, Wood's going to give you that softer sound. Acrylic maybe going to give you a little bit louder sound. But there's a lot that goes into the actual construction of the call that equates to more noise, less noise, and kind of depends on what kind of hunting you're wanting to do or you're doing as to which call you should pick. But I want to switch gears a little bit on that and, and talk about beginners uh, some more, uh, because like we were talking about earlier, it can be so frustrating to get started. Uh, it can be embarrassing, intimidating, but really the fun of duck hunting and the fun of, of turkey hunting and all these is, is being interact is interacting with these animals. And, and there is just no better feeling than when it's you and you fool them. And you know, it was, you know, you know, it was you that did it. So when you thinking about how to learn on a duck call, I want you to go back through what kind of construction you feel is best for a beginner, someone who's just getting started. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that we obviously look at is, you know, price point as well too. Like, so, you know, a lot of people coming in, you know, if you've, if you've been in waterfowl hunting or, or around really any hunting, uh, you know how pricey it can be. So, we, you know, that's something we look at, but mainly, uh, you know, we look at a wood, a lot of times a wood or a acrylic is where we kind of go with people. Now, obviously wood has a little bit to where, you know, a little nuances, but really, I mean, it's, it's so minute. Uh, I mean, like a Coca-Cola duck call is one of the, probably the best all around calls really that, you know, that you can get. I mean, you get a lot of the, a lot of benefits of, you know, I said, it's a harder wood. Uh, you still get plenty of sound out of it. And then inversely, 
it's on the cost side, it's a lot of times a lot more uh, for us personally, I guess, you know, there's some call makers that really, you know, Coca Bowl is a popular wood, but we like to keep it down. That's it's really where we we try to get people um, a good affordable option to get into calling where they're not breaking the bank, uh, you know, to try and get into into this. Um, yeah, Coca Bowl is is for me personally, it's hard to be, you know, if someone's coming in uh, asking for something, uh, that's generally what we'll recommend. Uh, that or um, you know, uh, an acrylic call. You know, for us, we offer a couple different types of acrylic, uh, mainly on the on the side of what the it's all, all the same basically you, if you want to get some custom colors things like that we kind of have uh some standardized colors right i mean a good a solid black uh, duck call right you know it's somewhere we can it's more of an affordable option for people to get in and that's kind of where uh we kind of get people into into those types of calls to get going so yeah kenley you were talking about reads before the break a little bit and what, if i understood you correctly talking about joe's question about beginners um, it sounds like a double read would be easier to learn on, but a single read would be more beneficial to learn on. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of, um, again, the nice part with us is that we do, the, we do a lot of retunes for people. So, I mean, it's to say we have a, we can start you on a double and then move you to a single. It's, you know, it's just a little bit of retuning on it. Not is, is not that big a deal or inversely, Hey, we want to, we want to start you on a single let them get going on it. And, uh, maybe they're having there, you know, maybe they've, they've been at it for about a month and they're still having some troubles with it. It's no big deal. We get the shipping back to us. We, we can retune it for a double and ship it back to them and, and have them work on seeing how, the, if that, if that double is a little more getting them to be more successful, you know, in practicing and kind of getting there. And that's really, what's nice is with us is that, you know, you give us a call, shoot us a message and we're just back and forth. You know, we, we can listen to what people are having troubles with or, or what we need to adjust, you know, some people blow a heavier call where, you know, or a softer call they're having, you know, they, they can't produce as much air pressure, uh, air pressure. And we need to, we need to, you know, shorten the read up, lighten the call up for them so they can, they can run the call a little more easy or like me or my brother, for example, you know, we're, we consider heavy blowers, right? We like a little bit, uh, you know, if, if we're trimming the read is a standard one is right in the middle all the time, you know, we might be a, a centimeter, a little bit longer. It's just that little bit extra material is almost inverse. Cause if you, if you're blowing too heavy, you can blow the call out, right. Where, where that read, mm -hmm. uh, there's not enough material and the reads moving too much and you're not, you're, you're blowing the call out. So we always try to generally tune right down the middle. And then if we have to, for most people, that's really, we found a sweet spot on ours. We don't have to do a lot of retunes, but every now and then, you know, again, you get this, you get a little bit of nuance where people uh, need something a little bit different. And that's where we can step in and send them a read, you know, a little bit longer, cut off a, or cut off a little bit to make it a little bit shorter for them. So, so, I mean, it sounds like, you know, you guys doing custom calls. I mean, that's one of the benefits is that for sure, if, if I wanted to call you up and say, Kelly, you know, this is majority of the time, this is where I hunt. This is the species I'm, I'm hunting most of the time. Uh, these are the conditions. Here's my experience level. You're going to be able to point me in a direction just from talking about it that is going to probably set me up better. Like we talked about with the fitment of the mouth call, like mm -hmm. you're going to be able to say like, well, your, your palate is this, so you're going to need this size call, but you know, I could see that, but why else would somebody want to consider like a custom call, for example, versus say, just going to the store and picking one up off the shelf? Yeah, absolutely. And there's, you know, it's, I always don't like to make a, you know, like, Hey, these, you know, these, some of these call makers that are in the big box stores, some of those guys started out just like us, you know, small guys that just built up reputation and got to a point of, you know, and they still produce a really great product. So I don't want to just completely shun people from looking at a big box store, but inversely 
for us, we just have a we have the ability to be more personal with our customers, right? I mean, for your for your uh, question of, you know, a new customer comes to us, that is a lot of times what we um, have that exact conversation is, you know, what's your experience level? Uh, where are you hunting primarily for a custom wise, uh, you know, kind of speaking to a custom is that uh, we're not just limited to, Hey, there's these three colors on the shelf, right? We have a stock of acrylic uh, and and material that we can literally make whatever color that, you know, color combinations they want engravings, all of that, you know, a lot of the stuff that we get, uh, I guess a great one to, for an example is that we just built a, a custom hybrid for a good friend of ours. He had a dog that passed away suddenly uh through basically learned he had cancer pretty much one day and was gone the next and uh a dog that we've hunted over multiple times and so what we did is that he ended up having him cremated and we made a hybrid blank and put his dog's ashes inside wow. a cust- his custom call right so and then we were able to spin a whole call out of him so now he has a little remembrance of of his butt uh, you know of, of that dog and you know, I guess to be honest, one one thing that was going with that is, you know, we we documented that whole process, building that call or building that blank to that call, start to finish, uh, his reaction, and we have uh, he's got a nice shadow box with his dog's uh, image. Um, one of the special little things we did for him is that we put copper bands on it, and he always had a collar that had a camo band with his name Tank on it, was his the dog's name. And luckily, we have a local guy who does our engraving, super personal guy. And I worked with him for uh, a couple of weeks messing around with copper bands to uh, do some specialized laser uh, etching on this copper so that it matched. It looked just like his collar that he wore all the time. So stuff like that is, uh, you know, obviously that's very, very specialized in the custom world. But that is where, you know, I think a lot of people really like want some of that really customized special things. Um, and we offer that kind of stuff. I mean, there's really nothing that we, to be honest, we've, we've done so many different things. We've, we've spun calls out of antlers. I could probably go through about 20 different scenarios of, of things that we've done, but it, that's, that's kind of the part that we've leaned on. And that's kind of what we built on. Um, you know, we offer the same, you know, kind of standardized calls, which is again, nothing wrong with that. You know, we have color combinations and stuff, but then People want to get on the other spectrum where, hey, I want this one-off call that no one else has, or I have this scenario that no one else has ever done. You know, can you yeah. can we make something? And that's kind of where we have the ability, right? So that's a cool gift too. I mean, like if that's you've a got a cool duck gift. hunter in your life, you know, golly, you know, the, it's it's always hard to buy somebody gear because typically they know what they want, and they've already bought it. But like you yep. get somebody something custom like that, that could be a really a really cool gift. I could see, you know. And the other thing is what you just said. If somebody's got questions, they can just call you guys, talk to you, take right. you through even their specific. The, even refit the read, sounds like. Yeah, Get yeah, right. Sound if it doesn't work like. out, yeah, you could, you could work with them over time. Well, man, you know, I want to hear you run some of these calls. So um, why don't we take a minute here? And what I'd like for you to do is just take us through the quack and take us yeah. through the feed and chuckle. And, and what I heard you say when you were talking about the quack, it was the base for everything else. So... I'd love to see you explain, maybe do, run that quack, but then show us how it's the base for these other calls. Yeah. So, you know, especially, uh, well, first of all, I got a, this is a checkmate just so everybody's clear. Um, and it's an acrylic, full acrylic checkmate uh, for this one. So uh, again, kind of the base is, like I said, with the quack really, is that when you're going to, once you master the quack, then you can, then you can start getting into a comeback call and your feeder chuckle. So Again, just really a base of what you're really after is, and then so obviously that's a little bit quicker, but just base out of that is. 
So that's that's kind of where if you're kind of doing that in, any quicker or any quicker than that, it kind of gets that where that that's where they want to bail. So just so you can kind of hear how that has like I was like I was telling you guys earlier with that with your tongue being there. Imagine you're basically as you're you know you're running that steady stream of air through. Then you're basically lifting your that your tongue up, and that basically forces that air through a little bit. And what a lot of people do is a big thing too. I kind of forgot to mention was is keeping your cheeks together. Don't it's not a kazoo where you you don't want to be blowing your cheeks out um, because a lot of times what we talk about people is we don't want cold air going into the call, right? So if you're just gonna if you were just gonna sit here and just blow, you kind of hear that how it sounds more like a kazoo. So it you comes that, from the lungs instead of your yep, mouth. Yep. You want you want the air coming down from your diaphragm down. So if you we always talk about the right kind of air, which is the air if you're going to fog a window. Right. So if you were that hot air from the blow. And so instead of locking your cheeks in and bringing that here. And a lot of times you kind of ooh ooh, you kind of can hear a little bit of voice inflection. That's where you can really start kind of messing with it a little bit. But a lot of it is where you get that deep air and that hot air coming through the call is what you want. Not that cold, just kazoo sound. You'll hear a lot of people, new callers will sound like, where it's just kind of like, it's, it's just kind of, you can just hear that cold air. And a lot of times you'll see their cheeks puff out where, Mm -hmm. so that's kind of what we start practicing with people is, you know, get your cheeks in, get that tongue behind your teeth, get that right air. And uh, that's kind of where we get people started. And yeah, so from the quack perspective, you know, when you can get one quack down really, really well, then you can start working on, you know, if when you see ducks flying is where you have a comeback or you're kind of a greeting call where it's that wah, 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 wah. So that imagine if you had a longer quack, shorter quack, shorter quack, shorter quack. That's more of a, uh, a greeting call. You know, it's like, hey, quack, 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 quack. You know, that's kind of a more of a greeting. Whereas a comeback is more forceful where it's, it's, it's quack, 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 you know, usually mm. picking up the volume a little bit and the cadence a little bit quicker. That's more of like a, Hey, you know, especially you'll see a comeback or are hitting them on a turn where birds are turning around your spread. You know, they're just getting to the point where they're kind of getting away, just turn away from you a little bit. And that's when you hit that comeback, it's quack, 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 quack. That's that centers them right back up into your spread. And then you kind of work on your, that feeder chuckle is nice. It's, it's also something a lot of people don't realize is that they hear that tick, 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 tick. It's actually a positioning call as well. So if you listen to a duck, which is really interesting is, I, is hearing a, a live duck do this is coming by. Is that you'll, you, they're, when they're flying, they'll actually do that. It's a little, just kind of a string of them. And that's actually a positioning call, which is kind of interesting. So it's kind of talking to the ducks too that are on the ground, kind of seeing where everything's at. So. But yeah, uh, we uh, for reference words we talk to a lot of new people too. Is we try to is is like for the especially for the feeder chuckle people get hung up on that is we we talk about ticka 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 and then ticka tucka ticka tucka ticka tucka and you can kind of when you visualize that and you and you hear the pressure or feel the pressures in your mouth you can kind of hear the difference of that when you're doing ticka ticka it's just this you kind of do that and then the tucka is kind of that low one where it's like. And you kind of just start stringing those together, ticka tucka, ticka tucka, ticka tucka. And when you start doing that, it's really, really slow and methodical. It's ticka tucka, and you then you basically just try to get those two notes into a call, and that's that's the base of it. And then the speed comes when you start practicing that. So I would assume that this would come whenever you're a little bit more advanced. But do you have a call 
material and or a call in general that you use for your feeder? Do you have a call that you use for your comeback call? Do you have a separate call that you use for your, you know what I mean? No, gen generally, um, all the, those type of calls is are those, you know, those sounds that I'm making, uh, generally is what you can run on every single duck call. Now it's just the sound difference of what, what sound is producing, you know, you want a more of a lower raspier tone, or do you want more of a high pitch tone? That is where call fitment and the type of call comes in. But it's, yeah, we, you know, the only thing you really have a difference is like, start talking different types of calls is uh, like a, like a, a whistle, right? So what we're, what we're simulating right there is a, is a mallard hen, right? So, but actually a Drake uh, mallard, he doesn't make that. He makes more of this call a Drake whistle where it's just and that's more of a Drake, Drake whistle. So two different, same species, just two different sexes of that. So Kenley, you know, in keeping with what Butch was saying, like, do you have a call for a specific situation? Uh, and you're basically saying, no, once you find what you're comfortable with, you don't necessarily have different calls for different calls. What about weather considerations? Like if somebody hunts somewhere where it gets just bitter cold or uh, is there a type of uh, material or construction that yeah. works better, say, in super cold temps? can be um the main thing is is like for you know from a moisture standpoint obviously like with a wood call when it's super super cold if, you know that's why we practice teaching people you know the proper technique so we can eliminate the spit as much as possible but also you know naturally if if uh, a wood call is going to absorb moisture a little bit more it's going to have moisture that's sitting more on the reed where it could potentially stick a little bit more especially in the cold weather now we combat that a little bit with the way that we tune the calls and the way we sand the calls um, we try and obviously when the reeds hitting the tone board that's what's creating the, pre the pressure in the call um, we do some specific tuning techniques um, to help one keep the call running properly with the wood but two try and prevent sticking um, one thing that we've really been working on here um, is also is uh, it's called spit grooves uh, if you guys can see that on my this is my acrylic call but basically what we run is two grooves down on the uh, on the, the tone board itself uh, and that helps one reduce the surface area that the reed can actually stick you know stick down to and two it does give some area for that spit to actually go so where you know if you are if you are having trouble spitting into a call a little bit and sticking a call uh, spit grooves can really help people with that so um, that's something new we've been running here in the last few months uh, just Again, another little thing that we kind of, we try and put out a product and we just, what's, what's another percent higher that we can kind of just elevate, you know, to help, help the next 1% of people to help, you know, and that's what we've been trying to accomplish with our stuff. So, well, Love Kenley, it. you know, when we started out planning the show, I didn't have any illusions that we were going to cover everything that there was to cover, uh, when it comes to duck calling, but you've done a really good job of explaining what somebody needs to think about when it comes to first off the kind of calls they're going to need to make and the kind of calls that make those calls well and getting the fit right for you but what i really heard from you is that the big reason why you'd go custom is uniqueness being able to pick up a phone and talk to somebody too and say you know here's my situation here's what i'm trying to accomplish here are my challenges and then being able to come back to that person later on and say here's here's how it worked out what what am i doing different what should i do so if folks want to reach out to you and see the lineup there at hammer calls they want to talk to you about the kind of ducks they like to hunt what they're trying to do maybe learn a little bit more about calling what's the best way for them to find you guys online uh, or reach out direct yeah absolutely you know um you know it's funny where uh, kind of a little bit of a background of hammer calls is 
we started in a basement and now we're <laughs> that six years ago we started in a basement running on my grandpa's 1976 lathe and now it's like just crazy but uh, our big thing is we've really got the website rolling um as of the last year so our website's a really great place we've recently jumped into a little bit of a uh, our cnc line to help uh, well, we've got a lot of customs a lot of cncs that we run on the website for stock um, but all of our contact info is on there you know personal wise on my cell phone number is right on the website so you know i said people talk to you know call me directly on my cell we have uh, our facebook page we have tons of people talk to us on there and uh and we that's again that's a big piece of our uh why hammer calls has been successful is that we just try and add that little bit of extra customer service and person being very personal people right i mean this is uh something that we've uh you know from a call company standpoint uh, we've always wanted to be there for our customers, and um, we we put in the extra effort to try and fit everybody as well as we can. I mean, in the last six years, uh, I think we've maybe had less than a handful of calls have have come back to us to to the point where people are like, I just it just doesn't work. And you know what? We are 100% behind that. I mean, not every call is going to fit every person, right? So, um, but we we try everything in our power to make sure that we can try and get a call um, fit for whoever, you know, whatever need that you need, that's what we're after. So uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, call me, email me, all of our contact info is on the website right there. Kenley, man, we have enjoyed it for sure. And, you know, I don't think you said the website. Oh, yeah, sorry. That's uh, <laughs> www.hammercalls.com. You know, Butch, listening to Kenley run that call, it's got me thinking this podcast platform might be a great time to great platform to start doing some calling instruction i mean i think about like as a turkey guy i used to pop in cds and you know and and listen to that stuff heck i was listening to cassette tapes even trying to learn and uh i remember riding to the camp my dad would blow your brains out with duck commander (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah Yeah, but I'm telling you, you know, for new people that are trying to get into it, uh, it's funny that you mentioned the the truck or vehicle. That is 100% where we tell people to practice. One, it keeps the wife happy that you're not. I was about to say, my wife tries to kill me when I run around the house quacking. Coyote, you know, coyote calling, turkey calling, duck calling. Obviously, that's loud. So when, you know, when you get a chance in the vehicle, um, we we recommend people keeping calls in your truck. Uh, You know, most people have a 15, 20 minute drive one way, you know, especially around here. Throw them in your truck work on it as you're driving. You know, a lot of guys, it's funny, a lot of guys are service guys. So, I mean, they're driving all over, right? So, I mean, people can really progress. Like I said, it's just like an instrument, right? Get out there, get on there and practice before, you know, get out there. Same thing though, we talked a little bit about being in the blind with somebody, with people who are um, proficient. Just ask them. Most people are very, very accommodating to help. You know, they're like, hey, we got some calling. I'd like to practice calling at some live ducks. Would you guys mind? Most people are not going to say no, right? Or just say, hey, do you mind if I quack, start working on my quack? I want to do that. Most people are, are super accommodating to that. And uh, people get really nervous about it. But I, everybody's got to start somewhere. And everybody's been in their shoes at one point. So Absolutely. remember that. No yeah, doubt, that's man. That's a great point as well. Well, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, next time we want to talk duck calling, we, we definitely know who to get a hold of. All right, guys. Let's take another minute and hear from one of this week's sponsors. MB Ranch King hunting blinds and feeders are built to last right here in the USA. With durability and convenience in mind, MB Ranch King's maintenance-free blinds are built and constructed with high-grade steel and come in a variety of sizes to meet any hunter's needs. We also offer high-quality, easy-to-use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground. Call Kevin today for more information or get a quote at 205 807 2937 MB Ranch King 
built in the pursuit of perfection. And brought to you by Bucks Island Marina. At BucksIslands.com, you can check out the full list of inventory from new and used bass, pontoon, bow rider style boats, new and used motors, as well as kayaks for sale. They love trade-ins, which provide a steady stream of used boats. They can rig your boat at their 18 Bay Service Department or ship your new motor anywhere in the United States. They provide boat service on all kinds of boats, even if they weren't purchased from Brooks Island. They have factory trained and certified technicians, so visit them at 4500 Highway 77, Southside, Alabama 35907, or give them a call at 256-442-2588. And brought to you by NorthAlabama.org. Are you looking for a real adventure? Whether you are experienced or just a weekend angler looking to land a big one, North Alabama is the place to go for your next fishing expedition. North Alabama is home to eight picturesque lakes, Pickwick, Wilson, Wheeler, Weiss, Smith, Neely Henry, Lake Gunnersville, and Bear Creek Lakes. Each lake is well stocked with a variety of fish, and in North Alabama, fishing is great year-round. For more information, visit www.northalabama.org and click on Plan to download a North Alabama fishing guide. All right, guys. Hey, I hope y'all enjoyed that as much as I did. That's uh, Those guys do a really good job and uh, very informational, great stuff. Thank you, Joe, for that. Thank you guys for listening. And hey, that's going to be a wrap for this week. Obviously, wherever you listen to the podcast, as usual, man, write us a review. That really helps us. Uh, drop us a five-star rating and it'll be be so much appreciated. Guys, hope y'all, uh, hope y'all stay safe over these next few weeks. Try to hit y'all next week, but man, we got Christmas right here. So if we don't get another show out between now and then, I'd like to wish all you guys and your families a very, very, very Merry Christmas. Till next time, guys, stay safe. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. If you want to grow big fish or healthier fish or just get your lake in better shape, call Southeastern Pond Management. You can call Norman Latona at 205-288-1371 or just look them up, southeasternpondmanagement.com and, and give Norman a call. And brought to you by OutdoorAlabama.com. That's where I learned the basics of how to hunt and fish, including what's in season and which license to buy. Learn more at OutdoorAlabama.com. Go hunt, go fish, get outdoors. This message was brought to you by the Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources. And brought to you by Brian Sand with National Land Realty. You already trust me with your fishing report, so trust me to help you find or sell that next piece of property as well. Just give me a call at 601-383-2344. And brought to you by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Become a better southern hunter and angler and pick up your copy today wherever fine magazines are sold or save a bundle online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. And by Fish Bites, ready to go when you are, regardless of when you're ready to go fishing. This bait stays on the hook and the fish stay on the bait. Check them out, fishbites.com. 